Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences, as well as current and long-term goals, and what gets them through the ups and downs. If you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit my website, jparkerfitlife.com, for access to my Instagram account, blog, and more. Hi guys, welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. This is Jake Parker. Today my guest is Jeremiah Bear. Uh, I came across some of his work when I was looking at some Mind Pump articles, which is one of my favorite podcasts, blog sources, and just overall sources for good quality health and informa- health and uh, fitness information. I thought it was cool that I saw Jeremy, sorry, Jeremiah also graduated from uh, University of Nebraska-Lincoln. So I looked at his website, saw a lot of the stuff he was doing, thought it was pretty interesting. So I thought I'd have him on the podcast today to uh, discuss a little about himself and his own health and fitness journey. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me, dude. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. So like yep. you said, man, graduated from UNL, which, what do you, what year did you graduate? 2018. Okay. Well, okay, December yeah. of 2018. So yeah, I was the class of 18. Okay. Okay. So I graduated in 2016. So a couple years ahead of you there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I just recently moved to Scottsdale. So how soon did you jump into the whole uh, fitness coaching after college? So I actually started at the rec center at UNL. So like my first year and a half of coaching was actually personal training at UNL. That's really where I got into it. And honestly, when I started it, I didn't really like coaching that much, which is kind of, Mm -hmm. I went to college and for me, like if we want to get into the all like, why I love coaching so much now. I really like all through college. I thought that like for me, it was my why behind coaching is a lot different than most people's. Mm-hmm. There's so many people say like, I got ripped and built my confidence. That's why I love helping and give other people the same. Really for mm-hmm. me, that's not it at all. So for me, going into college, that was like, I became obsessed with lifting because it was like, I finally figured out a way to get attention from people, right? Like, mm-hmm. it kind of gave me a sense of value. And I thought, like, because going into that, going into college, all through college, very insecure person, had a very hard time connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So, for me, lifting was, like, kind of the thing that I latched on to. Sorry, right out of the gate, we're kind of getting into some. No, for sure. <laughs> I love it. But for me, that was the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I chased that for years. I was like, okay, once I get big enough, once I put on enough muscle, once I look a certain way, I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna like myself and be confident, mm-hmm. and then I'll be able to build like all these. Which thinking back, it's like illogical, right? But a lot of people mm-hmm. feel like that, like going to the gym, like that's the thing that'll make you happy. So for me, fast forward, kind of by the end of school, so my last like year, year and a half, I figured out that wasn't really the thing. But for me. I had always kind of known that I wanted to do something with fitness and I wanted to go in the online direction. But at that point I really like didn't even care about anything else. But lifting. I was in a pretty mm-hmm. bad place mentally started coaching really didn't like it. Like at the time, none, it was none of my clients to speak English, which was very hard oh, yeah. to, at the start for me, I was like, just like trying to figure all that out. I didn't feel like I'd get any good results. Anyways, I had one dude, that name was Daniel started coaching with me crushed one day he came in we're about three months into the process and his words were 
I've always shopped the J. Crew, but I've never been able to buy a pair of pants from J. Crew because they don't make pants for fat people. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I said. Today, I bought my first pair of pants from J. Crew. And this dude was just so stoked about it. Mm-hmm. It was such a little thing, but for me, like that flipped the switch. It was crazy, honestly. Like before that, I had never felt like I had like a sense of really purpose or any drive to do anything. Like mm-hmm. just anything that I cared about in my life. And, like literally that night I went home and I like mapped out like, okay. I want more of this feeling. Like that that was such a cool moment. I want more of that. Like I literally went mm-hmm. home, mapped out this is what I'm gonna do for the next five years of my life. This is like what I'm gonna build so I can give this to more people. And like it was a crazy thing. And literally since then I've just been on fire with coaching. After I graduated school, I started working at a big box gym in Lincoln. Which I was mm-hmm. there until um and then over the last what the last kind of two years I've been building up online coaching. I was building up online coaching and in-person coaching at the same time. And then last October, I just went all in online. But yeah, man, since then, it's really just been a journey for me though. Again, it's kind of a different, like it's for me getting ripped or building a ton of muscle wasn't the thing, right? Mm -hmm. It was like seeing what a big impact I could have on other people's lives on their confidence that gave me such a sense of fulfillment and purpose that that kind of, for me, is a thing. That's why I love coaching. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of replaced like your own sort of selfish desire to be in the best shape by, by having this kind of switch that flipped and wanting to help other people and realizing how impactful that could be. Exactly, dude. Yeah. yeah. So what I was curious, when you said that you had people that were not English speaking, what was the connection there? How did you, how did you get into that? So at the rec center, how it worked was you wouldn't, so like if you work at a big box gym, Mm -hmm. basically you go out, you work the floor, you do fitness consultations. Mm -hmm. But at the rec center, it was just like the um, fitness manager or whatever would do all the, like people would hit them up for coaching. And for whatever reason, it seemed to be like only foreign exchange students, I think out of college students once they could afford it. Mm -hmm. So that was how it worked. So it wasn't like I had any connections there. Okay. I straight up See, I, okay. See, at first I thought you meant online, and I was like, "That's oh, even no. that's even another layer to how tough that is." <laughs> no, that would be that would be quite a challenge for sure. No, yeah. I think just straight up at the rec center, foreign exchanges were pretty much the only ones that could actually afford a personal trainer. Nice. So, as far as your own journey goes, how did you sort of? It seems like you're really big into sustainability and you know adherence now and kind of the the uh, stuff that goes beyond just the simple tips and tricks so how are you able to find your own balance and kind of be happy with your own body it sounded like for a while it was something where you know you're you're beating yourself up and you're constantly wanting more where did you sort of find that balance yeah man so that is a good question so for me personally i've been through okay so like when i started school when i started college i was 170 pounds Mm-hmm. When I, right before I graduated college, six months before I graduated, I was 245 pounds. So the course of college, put on 75 pounds, trying to get bigger and bigger. A lot mm-hmm. of that was fat. And like, I spent a long time after that, even as I was coaching people, yo-yoing between like 185 and 245. So basically I went through like the spectrum of all the diets, like mm-hmm. keto, intermittent fasting, IFYM all these different crazy and stupid ways to train that for me were just like basically like what every one of my clients 
comes to me with it's like yo i've been there like mm-hmm. i made that mistake which long game has been great for me yeah for sure. yeah that's why now like that's why i talk about sustainability so much now is there are all these methods like all these methods i tried like for me for the longest time i was terrified of carbs because the first time i actually mm-hmm. lost weight i lost 45 pounds on a keto diet but i didn't understand that it was because i created a calorie deficit right and that's mm-hmm. what I was at. for me it was like mm-hmm. Okay, I cut carbs, and last time when I was kind of half-assed trying to track food on my fitness pal, like mm-hmm. tracking week, I didn't lose weight, but this time I lost weight. So it must be the carbs, right? Yeah, so and it's like the, the glycogen and water depletion too on top of it. Exactly, but like at the time, I just thought, okay, well, carbs are going to make me fat. And like going mm-hmm. through all those experiences, which we know is very not true, but going through all those experiences for me, and then kind of finally reaching a point where it's like, okay now i understand like this is how i create sustainable change and like this is what i have to do this is what my lifestyle has to look like to actually maintain these results um that's why i appreciate it so much just because like for me personally and that's what all my clients are looking for also like mm-hmm. so many of my clients at the start same thing they've just been like, trying to follow over and over again in the cycle of like if I go to, if I want to change my body, I have to be incredibly hungry. I have to work out seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Like that's how most people see it. Right. Mm-hmm. But are you going to be able to do that three to five years down the road? No. And like, that's a big part of why I talk about sustainability. Also, just like from my client's perspective, it's like, look, if you take the time to like learn, like, okay, here's some different food choices we could swap here. So like, let's give you some mm-hmm. more fiber here. Let's give you protein at every meal. Like we're going to get you focused on these things and it might take you a little bit longer, but by you like learning how to make these better food choices, focusing on behavior change instead of like just running it into the ground, right out of the mm-hmm. gate. This is how we create sustainability and that's how we create change long-term. Does that, mm-hmm. does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just kind of, it kind of, it makes me think like, I guess I didn't necessarily explain to you like in full, but the reason that I like to share information about health and fitness now is I kind of went through my own transformation, sort of like you, where I never understood, I understood a lot of, well, I I guess I never really understood the uh, science-based and evidence-based space. And like, you know, you you get sold on supplements and certain types of diets. And it was like, I was always in pretty good shape, but until I really narrowed down and, and started to understand why things happen and, you know, why do diets work because of a calorie deficit? How do you create muscle? Why do supplements work? All that different kind of stuff and really delved into the details and fully understood it. That's when I finally made big changes. And I finally felt a lot happier and a lot less stressed out. Like exercise and health wasn't something that was stressful. It was something that was just casually almost a part of my life. But to the point where I was like, wow, like this isn't that hard to attain a great physique and to be strong and healthy. And like, I was always of the mindset of like, oh man, those people that are in great shape, it's like chicken and broccoli six times a day. And like, I can't follow that path. And having that information is is the the best part for me. And I think that's what needs to be shared is it's like a lot of different things can work, but let's, let's figure out why it works so that you can make your own choices is is a big thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I talk about education constantly, because that's just like you said, dude, that was such a great point. Like, I'm going to commit to this again. Uh, I fell off again. Okay, let's try it again. Mm-hmm. It's awesome for most people. That's what like education on like, no, there is this different route that's more sustainable. You can feel how you want. Mm-hmm. It's so empowering for people. So yeah, exactly. And it's like, for me, I've kind of felt myself since 
you know, the past couple of years really being on that course and understanding a lot of the general principles, I find myself more interested in like the intricacies now and the micro stuff where it's like, you know, what I, I know that if I want to gain, if I want to try to gain muscle, I should be in a calorie surplus. Or if I want to try to lose fat, I should be in a calorie deficit. But what are some of the best foods for specific reasons? What are some of the supplements that might help? Even though I would tell like the, the normal person who's just beginning their journey, like you probably don't need supplements. But at a point, I think it's really interesting, you know, when you can master the basics, then moving on to the micro stuff can be really interesting if you're into that. But then right. again, for a normal person, if you never want to worry about it, you can still be in fantastic shape. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's, mm-hmm. That's another thing, like we talked about it. I think you brought up the word adherence mm-hmm. at the start of this question also, but mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing also, like as a coach, like figuring out how much your clients want to get out of it. Like on the initial call I do with all my clients, one of the first things we talk about is like with nutrition, with new training, like what can you realistically stick to first and foremost? And like from there, that's how we build like the diet structure. Like are we going to use mm-hmm. hand-sized hand portions? Are you just going to try calories and protein? Or do you want to do you want to nerd out and you can go super hard on like, okay, here's how you're going to time all your carbs, mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, really like fitting that to the individual, which if you haven't worked with a coach, especially on nutrition, where this really helps you. But if you haven't worked with a coach, that's the power of that. Like, Learning how you can individualize this to you instead of like, mm-hmm. okay, I've heard keto is good. I'm going to go keto or I've heard it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And the, and I think the other thing to that, that's, that's useful to hammer on is it's like it doesn't have to be 100% of the time, but it also can't be like 100% of the time and 50% of the time, you know, like off and on, like the yo-yo right. dieting sort of thing that's so common. It's like you can you can sustainably put things into practice uh, over time. Like I even know, I saw that one of your most recent posts was about eating over the holidays. Like you might go a little off track, but like the right. comparison I like to make. And one of the things that people have probably heard of before is striving for like an 80, 20, 90, 10 sort of thing. And yeah. so if you're like, if you're a person who likes the logic and reasoning side, it's like, there might be a couple weeks, you're like 70, 30, there might be a couple weeks, you're closer to 90, 10, but trying to get that essentially like be average overall to really be fit and not having the Oh, two months where my diet is perfect, and then a month I just fall off and I and I eat crap and I don't exercise. Trying to see what works for you to again just have that sustainability and adherence, like we already hammered on. Right. No. No. I love it, and that's always what I tell my clients too. Like eighty percent of the time, if you eat whole foods, mm-hmm. it's okay. Get more flexible within your macros, and also like realize if you fall off track one day, like for us to gain one pound of fat we technically have to eat somewhere around 3,500 calories over our maintenance intake, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if you just smash a ton of food, you still likely gain like way less than a pound of fat. It's like mm-hmm. when you let that turn into like, oh man, I messed up. Now I'm going to whatever, I'm just going to whatever today. And you turn that into like a whole week or two weeks. That's when you fall off track. So no, I love it, man. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there guys in the industry or any like big figures that you like to follow or pay a lot of attention to? Like for me, I'm always talking about Mike Matthews. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. very familiar with him, but like, yeah. I really love his work. Uh, Bigger, leaner, stronger. His book was one of the books that really set me on a new path. Uh, right. Is there any, is there any other guys? You, do you, are you still a big fan of uh, mind pump after that connection? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like mind pump a lot. Um, let me look at my bookshelf here. Actually, I've gotten a little, I really, I really like everybody from Team 3DMJ, so I'm sure you've heard of, like, No, I have not. Uh Oh, really? Okay. Okay. So, like, a great resource for anybody that wants to learn more is the nutrition, the muscle and strength pyramids. They have, like, nutrition edition Mm -hmm. and training edition. So, 
Eric Helms, Alberto Nunez. Oh, yeah. I, I would just not think of the right name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is honestly, for me, I remember when I stumbled across, and this was probably a little towards a year into my time as a trainer, for me, really stumbling across that, and it was before the book Muscle and Strength Pyramids came out. I remember, like, watching Eric Helms. I think it was before the book came out. I remember, like, watching this, some YouTube video where he had, like, this terribly drawn pyramid of, like, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen the pyramid of, like, okay, overall, where it's calories and you have macros mm-hmm. and you have, right. So, um, for me, that was a big shift in my training because I remember that was when I was coming out of, like, that changed so much my perception of nutrition because, for me, that was when I was coming out of, like, okay, why is it that, why, I was trying to figure out, like, why is it that carbs, like, some people are saying they can eat carbs, but why is it that Mm -hmm. when I have carbs, I've lost all this weight, and, like, do I not need to be scared of them? So, for me, that was, like, the catalyst for me learning so much more about nutrition, which is the biggest thing I help people with now. So, then going into, I really think, like, stumbling across Helms and all their stuff was probably the biggest influence for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes me think like among the other stuff we've been talking about, it's like you you kind of talked about your experience in a big box gym. And I, I had explored working in some capacity of the health and fitness industry. But I think that if you go towards like, I don't want to necessarily say the corporate route, but anything where it's like a business and they're driving, you know, their, their, their biggest goal is to make money. I find it really frustrating as a career path because it leads back to like, you know, you want to sell supplements and, and just as an overall principle, I don't want to go too into the weeds, but it's like, if you think about it, it's like a lot of things in life, you know, if they, if they really fixed your problem and showed you how to keep yourself fit for your whole life, there would really be no need for these tons and tons of supplements and personal trainers and stuff like that. So it's almost kind of a flawed industry in some ways, but that's why yeah. I like what people are doing like you as an, as an individual level, focusing on education and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It is a weird, it is a weird dynamic. I, I remember when I started coaching also being like, okay, if I teach my clients, like why we're doing everything and how to do it, mm-hmm. aren't they going to leave? But really mm-hmm. that's like not the case now. And again, like talking about the initial call. Now I was telling my clients like, if three to six months down the road, like I have a coach, I just have a coach personally and I've had a coach for a couple of years now because I love having the accountability just mm-hmm. to keep me crazy consistent. But I always tell my clients like three to six months down the road, you don't feel like you have all the knowledge to hundred percent, like go out on your own and be successful with this. And I've failed you as a coach. Like my job is to teach you, give you the confidence to do this on your own. Cause again, like my goal, I think as coaches, and that's a big thing, like, your goal shouldn't just be like to keep your clients around forever. Like a lot of clients will really love you, especially if you like, get them life changing results and appreciate the accountability and stick around. Mm-hmm. But I think to, if we're going to talk about like growing a fitness business the right way, one of the best things you can do is just go out of your way to over educate people on how mm-hmm. to do this on your own. And then like from there you have such again from like the business perspective you have such a good referral network because you have all these people that like you haven't coached them in two years and they're still in amazing shape because you gave them the knowledge Mm -hmm. to these results right yeah and then it's like the other thing that that frustrates me the most is it seems like a lot of times when you look at you know say it's like a, a typical gym and they give you a plan it's like you know eat pro eat protein and and you know complex carbs and fats 
five times a day and take these supplements, like take a fat burner, or a test booster. And it's like, yeah, it's just not something I can get behind. Cause I know it's not necessary. I know that like for the normal person wanting to get in better shape, it's so much simple, so much more simple than you think, but it's like right. a lot of t- the classic term is par- paralysis by analysis, you know? Right. No, hundred percent. And that's again, man, for most people, I coach a lot of coaches. So sometimes they like really want to get like, very complex and we can get way into mm-hmm. science but for most people i think nutrition the best thing we can possibly do is just keep it as simple as possible mm-hmm. like yeah okay you need like go ahead no, like just like you need two meals you need four meals does intermittent fasting work best for your schedule specifically because again like long term what people can adhere to is the most important thing yeah and just like you were talking about the pyramid like it, you wouldn't be completely off if you said that calories were I don't know, 70 per 80, 80% of that period, sorry, pyramid, because it's like, if you don't have that down, it doesn't matter what your meal timing is or what your macros are like, you know, you got to, you got to get the base before you can build up. But then like for people, like, I'm sure you're kind of the same as me. It's like I was saying, it's almost, it's kind of a mix of like my hobby and my passion. Like I like learning more about nutrition. I like learning about how certain foods affect you and how you can, when you have the basics of your diet down, how can you dial it up even further to be more personable to you? like looking at the new you know studies and literature and stuff like that that's what i love and so i'd love right. to talk to people about that but it's not definitely not even close to being necessary if you just you know want to want to have a fit and you know sustainably healthy lifestyle right no no i agree 100 percent. so yeah uh other stuff here it seems like you well first of all i wanted to ask uh about the blogging, you have a ton of blogs on your site, which I was really impressed. Have you always enjoyed writing or is it more one of those things that it's like just a really easy way for you to share summary information? No, I've actually always loved writing. Um, when I was a little kid, my goal was always to be an author and I was going to write mm-hmm. about like, um, I was super obsessed with ancient Greece and ancient Rome actually. So my goal was like to be an author that wrote fiction about ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Anyways, mm-hmm. my career path changed a lot, but I straight up like had forgotten about that for a long time until I started writing for Mind Pump. So basically how that came about was like, I was a big Mind Pump listener. I had the like, mm-hmm. goal of like starting my online business for the longest time. And I was awful at putting myself out there on social media. Mm-hmm. So I saw Sal one day post on a story. Hey, we're looking for bloggers. And for me, I was like, okay, I like need to act on something like this. So mm-hmm. I just wrote him a quick sample, sent it in. And then, like, it was a weird thing where I was like, oh, man, I forgot that I, like, loved to write. Because at the time, it had been mm-hmm. so long since I actually like, wrote something that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I really got into blogging. And then at the start of the year, in February, I went to – I'm in a mentorship circle. And Did I say that again? I'm in a mentorship circle. Oh, I see. Okay. So, basically, we set, we set like, long-term outcomes, long-term goals. And one of my goals for the year was to write – a blog every week um and for me that's where a lot of my traction comes also i have a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of my followers a lot of my clients really enjoy my blog also which really gives me a lot more motivation also and i just love to like for me i love to get into something that i don't know a lot about mm-hmm. do a ton of research about it and then write a blog about it because if i do yeah. all that absorb it and then i like, teach other people about it then i feel like i have a very good understanding of it so yeah. you know i've always loved to write man um love to write love fitness so they kind of yeah. just have to collide mm, yeah it's so true i'm the same way uh i think like i tell a lot of people you know like i 
it's it's hard to say that you don't care about like people seeing your stuff and getting followers and stuff like that. But I right. try to not to emphasize that and really try to emphasize the fact that even if you know, I'm not getting a ton of viewership or support, like writing and podcasting and putting out, you know, Instagram posts or whatever it is, every time it helps me clear up my own thoughts and it makes me exactly. you know, sharper and smarter. And so I think that that's useful in and of itself, even if, you know, it's not for, and, and hopefully on top of that, you can help some other people. Right, right. No, exactly. But like for me, even like so many of my clients now read my blogs that like that yeah. in itself, like my clients are getting stoked about fitness every week because of what mm-hmm. they're learning from me, then I mean, that's worth it. Mm-hmm. You, you see yourself as sort of a more introverted, introverted person? Uh, kind of, kind of I did myth. for a long time. Honestly, for me, I was labeling myself as an introvert. Mm-hmm. So I was acting introverted. So yeah. I don't like now I've done a lot to work through it for the longest yeah, time. Like, mm-hmm. For the longest time I couldn't, I couldn't even hold a conversation with anybody. Like mm-hmm. my way of communicating was like trying to be funny. So I'd mm-hmm. make a dumb joke and then I was like, oh, I feel so uncomfortable here. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot to try to work through that. Um, like thing, doing things like improv, mm-hmm. really to push myself out of my shell, yeah. which has helped a lot. I definitely used to though, really struggle with like, in social situations, mm-hmm. just as hell, but I've yeah, really pushed and moved through that. It's sort of like confirmation bias almost, you know, if you see yourself exactly. that way, it's going to, I just said that because I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested because I feel like a lot of introverted people are better writers just because that's how I feel about myself. It's I like, that too. it's, it's, uh, you, you kind of observe the world more and kind of stay, take a step back. And so when you, when you get into something to write, you kind of have more things to say, at least that's sort of how I feel about it. Cause you have yeah. these observations to, to talk about and act on. Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. I've noticed that too. Like I'm definitely a better writer than I am a speaker, mm-hmm. at least so far. I'm working on the speaking side things a lot but yeah the writing for sure comes a lot more naturally to me which is another big reason it was like to do a blog every week instead of mm-hmm. do x amount of videos mm-hmm. so no i can relay there yeah i think an- another one of the most interesting and like key proponents there is like not saying that you know as far as specific goals go it could be for anything but saying you're going to blog every week is different than saying i'm going to blog more you know what i mean i right. think that that's so important because then oh, you wind yeah. up doing one and then you do one a month later and it's like whatever but you can you can apply that so easily to fitness because it's like people fall fall victim to oh i need to work out more okay how about i'm going to work out three times every week you know something like that something specific dude that is such a good point i love that and that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things i talk about with clients actually and like for me too it was like like saying it's kind of like saying like i'm gonna get in better shape Mm -hmm. like okay so like how do we measure when you're in better shape what how do we create a process around like okay this is what you need to do every week to get in better shape right Mm -hmm. right like to get we need to get specific with the outcomes you want so like we can reverse engineer (laughs) just i i just love that point because that is a tangent that i always go off on with my clients like Mm -hmm. we have to get very specific so like instead of just like me saying, okay, we'll try harder next week. We'd be like, okay, these are the exact boxes we need to check every week to know that you're successful and moving closer to this. We can track all these metrics, but yeah, you're on point there, mm-hmm. man. And then like sort of based off what we've already been talking about beyond fitness and onto like personal development, what are some things you value, value along those lines? And 
uh, being a writer, do you, do you like to read a lot too? And what, what's some of the stuff you like to read? Yeah. So I like to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. For me, I spend such a big chunk of my day. I, I would love to get into reading more, but for me, I already spend such a big chunk of my day, like pretty much all day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm sitting at my desk answering mm-hmm. emails, creating content or writing books, right? Mm-hmm. So the rest of the time, I like to like, listen to audiobooks and walk. Oh man, mm-hmm. we're going to get into personal development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as books, we can go super hard there. Um, the first most impactful book for me, like right around... Towards the end of 2016 was, I ended a relationship that I was in for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like we talked, like I've mentioned a couple times here, I was very unhappy with who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. So right out of that, I really dived into personal development. One of the most impactful books I read at the time was called Master Yourself by Don Miguel Ruiz. Have you heard of The Four Agreements? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, okay. So anyways, it's, Basically, the concept of the book is just releasing judgment both on yourself and mm-hmm. other people. And for me, that was something that I struggled so much with. It was just like a, in a weird way, it was a crazy impactful thing for me to like, just like quit. Like, because I was always so just like, I don't I like anybody. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. to a weird extent, like, I don't even have an interest in like being friends with people. And then I realized mm-hmm. like, that book made me realize like all these things that I don't like about other people are the projections of what I don't like about myself. Yeah, I am familiar with that concept itself. Exactly. And like, it's such a weird, but it's so true, right? Like, mm-hmm. when you think about, oh man, it really pisses me off that this person's doing this. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, I, because I always do that. And that, mm-hmm. for me, that was the craziest thing. Like, <laughs> so um, that was really a big start of it. Since then, I, went, I really got into, like, we go through this whole journey of, I really got into, meditation mm-hmm. after that and then really like which this is something that i struggle still struggle with and i'm sure you probably get it too mm-hmm. even like things like this is such a good example like, trying to build a presence on social media yeah. i think it's like it's so easy to get caught up in all this stuff and like really thinking through like okay how should i phrase this to or whatever like what's going mm-hmm. on with content why isn't this better but like really for me actually being present has been a huge gift. Um, again, let me just look at my bookshelf here. Um, are you, uh, sorry, do you use uh, an app to meditate or is it something that you just do on your own? Yeah. So I just use Headspace. Yeah. Um, I've done the same. I've gone through a couple. I really like Brain FM. I tried Sam Harris's app mm-hmm. for a while, but yeah, um, meditation. Yeah. For me and that's something that i always recommend my clients too it's like mm-hmm. and it's not at all like i'm quote unquote good at meditation but i do think just like in some capacity being able to be present brings such a better version of yourself to mm-hmm. the world. it's just like something you mentioned sam harris like whenever he talks about meditation he always harps on the fact that like just being there is enough and it's like try not to say that it was a good session or a bad session but exactly. Just through it. Exactly. Yeah, i love that. Yeah. i love that kind of stuff too I've, I've been off and on, but like for the past year, I would say I try to meditate more days than not. I, it's something I like to implement in every day, but it's like, it's, it's one of those things, you know, that, uh, it kind of takes a backseat, even though it should at times, because it's, it's, it's ironic because it's like, I know there's a quote out there that it's like, if you 
this might even be something I saw in Headspace where it's like, if you think you don't have enough time in the day to meditate, make sure you meditate an hour that day or something like that. Just right. because like, it's like the more stuff you have going on and the more you make that excuse, the more that you need to calm down. But right. I'm, I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff too. And recently starting to get into yoga. So I think okay. that like, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're kind of similar and in, in, like, at, at the point that we're at, we're probably kind of similar where you don't see like the huge muscle gains that you can see when right. you're, you know, adding to like the base. Once you get uh, close to your genetic threshold, like it, it looks like you kind of have the same body structure as me where we're pretty slender and right. smaller bones than most people. So you can't pack on a ton of muscle mass. So for me, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm exploring other ways of exercise and, you know, knowing that I can pound my body, you know, for, for weeks and months at a time. And I'm really not going to get huge noticeable results anymore which is a it's it's kind of a it's it's a good and a bad thing you know you you like seeing those initial gains when when you're younger or when you're just starting out on the journey but eventually you have to realize that genetics plays such a huge role right right and i feel like also like most everybody that i've talked to kind of goes through a journey where like at the start it's like oh man i just want to be jacked and then i'll be Mm -hmm. happy and then like again you kind of like you know, like, it's not the most important thing. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, like, my me as a person, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, which it kind of sounds like is where you are, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay if I'm not the most jacked dude in the world, right? Yeah. Like, Well, yeah, and I used to, and I think that another big separation is, like, making, uh, making the separation between, like, I used to think that, it was a it was a linear line between the more you know and the more you you know the better shape you're in but it's like it's not necessarily like that because if you have a shitty diet and you take steroids or something like that you can have an incredible fatigue but you might not know as much as the guy that spends a lot of time you know studying or writing or whatever it is and knows a lot of information but maybe you know doesn't put in quite as many hours in the gym but it's still in decent shape but they're not like a monster you know what i mean oh no for sure and i mean there's so many factors too like some people know some, like so many coaches that I know so know so much, but it's mm-hmm. like so much time creating content, coaching other people that like mm-hmm. they actually like, I'm stressed out. I don't sleep yeah. very much. I'm like themselves really have trouble maintaining it. And like I've gone mm-hmm. that kind of before too. Like, and that's another big reason I have a coach because if I don't, it's like same thing. Like I'm coaching people, I'm creating content, but I'm not as consistent as I need to be with my own training. Mm-hmm. And then you also see people like in the, maybe like their thirties and forties and like, they have a lot of information and they're, they're, they're sharing this information. And I used to be kind of cynical and like, well, they're not in that good of shape, but maybe, maybe they were like a big power lifter, a bodybuilder in their twenties and kind of like reached that peak. And they're like, okay, like I reached that. Now it's not as important in my life. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is a big thing too. That's kind of a weird thing within the fitness industry that people are very divided about like it's so vain in a lot of it <laughs> it is but and i get it too like i like you know who brett Bartholomew is i don't think i've heard the name okay so it's, um he, just a coach but he he has the same lead from the front mm-hmm. which i like like i noticed like for me personally i went through the process of getting ready for i did a photo shoot right mm-hmm. and i noticed like as I went through that, my clients progressively also got better results. Like mm-hmm. a big part of the reality is nutrition training to change your body composition isn't that complex. Like we talked about this mm-hmm. whole time, you can keep it pretty simple. You can create crazy transformations. Mm-hmm. A big part of it is just actually buying into the process. So I think for a lot of coaches, like 
if your clients see that you're practicing what you're preaching, it does really seem to increase like your client buying it. They're more bought in the process because they know like hundred percent like, Oh, he's crushing it. Like it not only does it motivate them, but they know, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a huge, so, like from that perspective, but also at the same time, it's like, there's all these guys that are just geniuses and have done so much and mm-hmm. they're not like crazy rift, but it's like, I think it's either way, just like releasing judgment. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, which it's tough. Like there's, there's such a balance because yeah, I mean, it's like, and part of it is like, you want people that have practiced what they preach too. It's like, even if you have all the information, I think that I, not that it's necessarily a deal breaker, but I think that if you're really going to be someone who's going to coach or who's going to put in information, you should, you should go to the extreme at some point or another. Like it reminds me of the mind pump guys. Uh, is it Justin that was a competitive bodybuilder for a while? I think, I think Adam was, right? Adam. Okay. I, I yeah. kind of get the two confused sometimes, but uh, just the fact that he, he, he admits that, you know, things have slowed down and he's not all about that anymore, but he's like, at one point in my life, there was, there was years that I put towards this goal and I reached right. this peak and it's like, he's been there and done that. So he knows what he's talking about, even though he might, you know, go up and down now because he has different priorities in his life. Right. No, no, exactly. But, uh, yeah. And then, Oh, the other one I was thinking of, do you, uh, do you know of Mark Ribito starting strength? Yeah, for sure. And it's like, he always, he's, he, whenever I hear him talk, he kind of harps on like the whole, you know, image of the fitness and health industry. Cause he's kind of a, like, like he's kind of got a beer belly almost, but he right. just has all this wealth of information and people kind of like, he'll see people online. Oh, he doesn't know shit. You know, he's fat or whatever, but he's like, I, he's, you know, he's been training for 40 plus years or whatever it is. And he's got this wealth of information. So it's, right. it's a balance. Here. No, no, definitely. And that's, it's, I truly think it's just, releasing judgment and like taking mm-hmm. time to at least absorb people's information and like look mm-hmm. at it objectively before you're just like oh they're in great shape or they're not because mm-hmm. either way you'll have people that are in great shape they're giving terrible information people that are in terrible shape that are giving great information it's mm-hmm. there's so many different factors that come into play yeah withholding judgment that can extend to anything too and that's that's a huge thing about meditation is they're trying to teach you to just not even necessarily set necessarily focus on yourself but really just be present and not kind of like I mentioned with Sam Harris, not seeing things as good and bad all the time. It's like, that's kind of how we go throughout our days if we don't focus on it. Right. No, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, yeah, well, that's about all I got. We're running out of time here, but go ahead and ask the last question that I always ask on the podcast. Uh, it is, what do you want your story to be, you know, at the end of the day uh, when you have tried to go through your life and accomplish different goals and set different objectives. What, what is the story that you want uh, to follow you through all your different uh, pursuits? Just empowering people, man. That is for sure. Not even just like fitness. I think for me, fitness, like teaching people nutrition and training. Mm-hmm. I love it because it empowers people to like bring a better vision of themselves to the world. Right. For me, nothing gets me more excited than that. Mm-hmm. So if at the end of the day, I can just say, or other people can say, I've empowered a lot of people. That's what I want my story to be. Yeah. Kind of like it, that's basically what your first story was about. You know, that you said kind of, kind of flip the switch about the guy and, and the, uh, exactly. Answer J crew. That's empowerment. That's what it's all about. Exactly, man. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to end it. Thanks Jeremiah for coming on the podcast. You want to mention uh, your website anywhere on social media where people can look you up? Yeah, for sure. So I'm just on Instagram at Jeremiah Bear, B-A-I-R. My website is bearfit.com. I drop blogs on there every single week, 
always super educational. Go check those out. And then my podcast is Living Lean. And that's where you find me. All right. Sounds good. We will see you later. Thanks again, Jeremiah. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This has been the What's Your Story podcast. I'm Jake Parker. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and listen in to new episodes every Monday and Saturday. Also, give us a rating and review or share with a friend or family member you think might enjoy the show. I'm always looking for new guests, so if you or someone you know would like to come on the show, please reach out by email or Instagram. Both are easily available on my website, jparkerfitlife.com. Thanks. Thanks.